Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hello Thrive Online. It's so great to be with you all today and I'm so privileged to share today's message with us. Before I go any further, I'd just like to thank our lead pastors, Pastor Byron and Pastor Candice, for this privilege. Whether physical or online, it's always an honor to share God's word, and it's never one I take lightly. So thank you. Come church, let's pray. Father, thank you for another opportunity to gather together and hear your word. Speak deeply into our hearts and help us to love you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So growing up, my older sister always used to take me along with her whenever she went to the library. Correction, I always used to invite myself whenever she went to the library. And without fail, I would always choose what I thought were the greatest books the library had to offer. The comic books on the teenage news reporter. That's right, Tintin. Every time we went, I would always choose and come back with one of Tintin's many adventures. Now, of course, I've long since grown out of reading comic books about a boy and his dog and their adventures around the world. I now settle for the full box set, which includes each story. But what I love most about each Tintin story is that regardless of what he's doing, he always knew what to do when the situation before him changed. Whether it's him navigating his way through the mountains of Tibet or trying to escape the clutches of ruthless gangsters or him leading the very first moon landing expedition, that's right, teenage news reporter turned space explorer, he always knew what to do in moments of transition. In those moments of transition, he somehow knew that they called for an immediate response if he was to succeed and thrive. And what's fun and captivating to read or watch from a cartoon character is actually incredibly biblical. It's a truth that we see in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We see that moments of transition call for an immediate response. Moments of transition call for an immediate response. So throughout Scripture, we see God encouraging his people to immediately respond to what he's doing whenever they find themselves in moments of transition. We see it in the life of Abraham. God called him to respond immediately when he was transitioning from being a nomad to being the father of many nations. God told him to go to the land that he was going to show him. And Abraham immediately responded. We see it in the life of Moses. God called him to immediately respond when the Israelites were transitioning from being slaves to free people. God told him to part the Red Sea and cross it. And Moses immediately responded. We also see it in the life of Paul. Jesus called him to immediately respond from being a Christian-killing Pharisee to being the most powerful missionary in history. Jesus turned him from Saul to Paul, and Paul immediately responded. So throughout the Bible, God calls his people to immediately respond to what he's doing in moments of transition. And you know what? In 2020, in the midst of a global pandemic, his call has not changed. All of us have found ourselves in moments of transition, from being parents to homeschool teacher, 
from sitting in traffic all day to sitting in your home office chair all day, from having a routine that fostered growth and friendships spiritually, emotionally, and relationally, to adjusting to a whole new routine where that has to be done digitally, from being busy with tons of work to having reduced work, reduced pay, or maybe even unemployment. So we're all in a season of transition. The world is in a season of transition. I'm not sure of where each of us are at right now in this moment, but what I am certain of is that in my life and in your life, in every season of transition, God calls us to be a people who immediately respond to what he is doing. A people who don't settle for second best, like Abraham almost did, or settle for slavery, like Moses almost did, or carry rage and anger, like Paul almost did. He wants us to be a people who thrive in moments of transition and not fade away. We see Jesus teaching the disciples this in Matthew 14. In these verses, we see how in moments of transition, Jesus is always doing two immediate things in our lives that call for our immediate response. These are two things that are highlighted by the two times in the passage where the word immediately is used. So from Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33, we see that regardless of what moment of transition we're in, he's always doing one of these two immediately's, which are absolute game changers for us, if we respond immediately to them. But let's get a bit of context first. This story follows directly after Jesus feeds the 5,000 in a remote place, and after the disciples just come back from being sent on their very first missionary trip. So up until this point, they've transitioned from being rookie missionaries to being glorified waiters slash miracle workers. A lot has happened in their lives. But they were nowhere near done, as you'll pick up when we read the story from Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way off from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Here we see the disciples having their outlook on life completely changed after they see Jesus for who he really is. In other words, the course of their lives was going to look completely different, all because they responded immediately to the two immediate things that Jesus was doing in their lives in that moment of transition. 
these two immediateies help them see that it is possible to thrive in moments of transition. And they help us see the same thing. So here we go. The two immediate things that Jesus does in our lives in moments of transition that call for an immediate response. Firstly, Jesus immediately commands. Verse 22 tells us, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Jesus must have noticed how overwhelmed the disciples were from their first missionary work they had done or even from the work that they had done in feeding the 5,000 people. But instead of giving them options as to what they could possibly do next, he immediately commanded them to do what would be best for them. And interestingly, he does the same thing in our lives. Whenever we consider our options on how to be more blessed financially, Jesus gives a command in the form of his principle of giving, which is true in every season. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Whenever we consider our options on how to grow spiritually in the season, he immediately gives a command in the form of his word and spiritual disciplines like prayer, reflection, fasting, and so much more. Whenever we consider our options on how to connect meaningfully with other people in a season of isolation, he immediately gives a command in the form of a life group sign-up. Joining a life group helps you grow spiritually and connect meaningfully with other people. Two for the price of one. What a deal, don't you think? Jesus is always commanding us on what's best for us through his word, through trusted voices, and through spiritual disciplines. The question is, are we going to respond immediately to Jesus' immediate command? You can start by honestly asking yourself, are you feeling overwhelmed, stuck, or maybe plagued with too many options? If yes, can I encourage you to pinpoint that need in your life and then consider what Jesus is commanding you to do? If you're genuinely struggling to figure out what Jesus may be commanding you to do, head over to the prayer request section on our church app or even send a message to our WhatsApp number and one of our leaders would love to help you discern what it may be that you should do next. But regardless of how you go about this, let's respond immediately to Jesus' immediate command in our lives. The second thing we see Jesus immediately do in our lives is that Jesus immediately comforts. After the disciples listened to Jesus' command, they found themselves in stormy waters. And sometimes that happens whenever we listen to what Jesus has said that we must do. I've spoken to a few people who had sworn that they heard from God pre-lockdown when they started that business or job, moved to that home, or even ended that destructive relationship. But now that business or job isn't taking off, the rent is a bit of a struggle, or the support from that relationship, as toxic as it was, is missing. It feels like stormy waters. But in moments like that, Jesus proves to us, as he proved to the disciples, that he's the one who moves above the waters and immediately speaks life-giving words of comfort. It says in verse 27, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. In Victor Hugo's classic, Les Mis, we're introduced to the main character, Jean Valjean, as a hopeless ex-convict who reverts back to a life of crime. He steals ornaments from an old bishop 
who had shown him extreme kindness, and he gets caught for doing this. The police present Valjean to the bishop, and they tell him that they had found the one who had stolen from the church. The bishop looked at Valjean, and then he looked at the police, and he turns around and fetches two candlesticks and says, My friend, you left so early, I forgot to give you these two. The police, recognizing the situation, let Valjean go as he looked on at the bishop with complete shock. And in the middle of Valjean's hopelessness, the bishop continued by saying, you must use the precious silver to become an honest man. God has raised you out of darkness. I have saved your soul for God. Those words of kindness and comfort stuck with Valjean for the rest of his life as he transitioned from being a criminal to an upright man and devoted father. Words of comfort like these, when immediately spoken, have the power to change our lives forever. So when Jesus speaks words of comfort in our lives, they aren't to make us feel good or to flatter us. His words of comfort are to change our lives forever. That's what the disciples witnessed in those stormy waters that day, and that's what we have the privilege of witnessing in our stormy waters today. Did you know that Jesus is always speaking words of comfort? The question is, are we going to respond and adopt them for ourselves? How do we do this? By memorizing God's word, by finding verses like Romans 8:28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. Or verses like Isaiah 41 verse 10, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So we find these deeply comforting and encouraging verses and we repeat them over and over until they are a part of us whenever stormy waters come our way because they'll be an immediate reminder to respond to the one who walks above the waters. So to wrap up, as we read from the story, Jesus eventually comes into the boat and is worshipped by the disciples as they begin to see him for who he really was. So throughout this story, we see a macro version of what Jesus does constantly in our lives. From one story, we see that Jesus immediately commands and he immediately comforts. And in this story, we see from the disciples what we ought to do whenever we are facing moments of transition. And in this story, we see from the disciples what we ought to do whenever being faced with moments of transition. We see that moments of transition, much like the one we're in right now as a church, as a nation, and as a globe, call for us to respond immediately to what Jesus is doing in our lives. Is he immediately commanding you to do something that's good for you? Then respond immediately by doing what he has commanded you to do. Is he immediately comforting you with his life-changing words? Then respond immediately by committing them to memory. And hey, if you're anything like me, sometimes this is easier said than done. Sometimes the command is too challenging. Or maybe you're just not in the mood to be comforted because it's just too hard to move past the pain. I've had a few moments like that over the last few months, and I wonder if you've had them too. But either way, Jesus is always commanding and always comforting. That's a given. 
He does that immediately in every season of our lives. The question is, are we going to respond the same way? Can I encourage us, church? Let's be a people who always recognize what Jesus is doing in our lives and let's choose to respond immediately so that we can thrive in this moment of transition. Going back to Matthew 14, we see another profound thing that Jesus does immediately. In fact, we see undoubtedly the most important thing that Jesus does immediately in our lives. If Jesus doesn't get this one thing right, he doesn't get celebrated on his entrance into the boat. If Jesus doesn't get this one thing right in our lives, we don't join the disciples in calling him the Son of God or even the Lord of our lives. We see this played out when Peter climbs out of the boat and joins Jesus in the stormy waters. Upon seeing the waves, Peter begins to sink and he begins to believe that the next logical point of transition is drowning. But let's relook at what Matthew 14 verses 30 to 31 tell us happened. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately, immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him. In a moment when Peter thought he was going to drown, Jesus immediately saved him. Peter went from thinking, this is it to receiving a saving hand from Jesus. And here we are, over 2,000 years later, and we get to receive Jesus' saving power in an even more significant way. Because you see, this Jesus who saved Peter by reaching out his hand is the same Jesus who reached out from heaven and came to earth in order to save us. He saved us by hanging and dying on a cross for your sins and for my sins. By being raised to new life three days later, he did all of this so that whoever believes in him and calls on his name would find hope for their lives, forgiveness of their sins, and a perfect relationship with our Heavenly Father, both here on earth and forevermore in eternity. And if you're watching this today, and this has been the first time you've ever been made aware of the sacrifice that Jesus has paid for you, then this moment is especially for you. And I would love to encourage you to respond immediately to what Jesus is doing in this moment and invite him into your life to be your Lord, Savior, and friend. All you need to do is accept the invitation that he offers you today. I'm going to pray, and as I do so, I invite you to pray along with me. Come, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for saving me in a moment where I couldn't save myself. I realize I need you in my life, and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. As much as I know how, I want to follow you from now on. And I always want to respond immediately to what you're doing in my life. Thank you for your gift of salvation. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, it is the very best decision that you could ever make. And we celebrate with you. And all across our church, in every home, there are people congratulating you right now from behind laptops, TVs and phones. What an awesome journey you just started. We would love for you to let us know that you've just made this decision by either clicking on the raised hand in the bottom corner of your screen 
all by WhatsApping Follow Jesus to the number that's just come up on the screen right now. We would love to send you something helpful to get you started on your faith journey. So again, congratulations. Well, Thrive, as we go into the week ahead, regardless of whatever transition you find yourself in, let's remember that it is possible to thrive and succeed. All we need to do, all we need to do is respond immediately to whatever Jesus is doing in our lives. Have a great week, church. God bless. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.